Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. We've got a really special guest on the show today, Ms. Harley Jordan, Instagram strategist and content creator based in sunny Southern California. I'd been following Harley for a while, mostly for her transition tutorials, but I loved how she was sharing with other creators how she approaches working with brands. And I thought, damn, it would be really cool if I could have her on the show to share with us from a creator's perspective what's expected from the brand owners so that you could better understand how to approach creator relationships, what to expect in terms of budget, and of course, what to avoid. And because she got her start with and credits reels to her initial Instagram and business success, she's sharing a few of her best tips for how you can use reels to grow your reach too. And make sure you stay until the end because she's got some really cool mini courses launching February 15th, and she's going to show you her ways from analytics to reels transitions. She's got some really cool stuff in store. And last note before we jump in, because admittedly, we completely forgot to talk about this when we were recording, is that she's actually starting an agency to help connect brands with creators. So if you're looking for some support around that, check the show notes for how to contact her about that. All right, let's hop into the episode. Welcome to the show, Harley. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Guys, just so you know, we're kind of having two conversations today. We're going to talk about reels because that's really what she credits to her growth Then we're really going to get it directly from the creator slash influencers mouth, what they're looking for when deciding to work with brands. So I'm super stoked to have this conversation. I've been silently stalking Harley for a while. (laughs) So I was very excited. I just reached out to her and she said, yes, silently lurking on social media. I love it. Yes. (laughs) With just enough comments that when I did reach out to you, you weren't like, who is this person? Right. Knew exactly who you were. (laughs) (laughs) So those are just a couple of tips, guys. Make sure you engage first before you reach out to someone. Right. Don't be weird about it. Yeah, because then it's strange. And we also have some exciting things that Harley is launching soon, which we're going to talk all about at the end of this podcast. So don't go away. Before we dive into this all, though, in case people don't know who you are, and yes, I already introed you, but like, why should we listen to anything you have to say today? Oh, why should you listen to me? Because it's necessary. No. (laughs) So I started in the business operations world. I had all the business experience. And when COVID hit, 
I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, wow, can't get a job that's relevant to my job level and my skill level and experience level and all of that. I can't get a job at the pizza place down the street. Don't know what to do. So I jumped into social media and part of it was because I wanted to write a blog. I wanted to talk about everything that lit me up from sustainability to travel, to fitness, to everything under the sun. And we know with social media that we have to talk about one thing. We have to actually niche down. I'm sure you've heard the term niche down before. I can't sell everything under the sun on my singular profile, just like you wouldn't with a brick and mortar store. So jumped onto social media. And what I did really quickly was monetize. At 12K followers, I had completely replaced my nine to five income with partnerships completely. And I didn't realize that was such a big mic drop moment until I mentioned it. And all of my followers were like, oh, hold up. Don't breeze past that. Like you didn't just say what you just said. So I had so many questions. I had an influx of questions about this brand partnership thing and how to actually leverage your social media. So coming into this world, I really brought all that business experience to the table and created the consulting business that. I thought I was 10 years away from being in the corporate world. So I've seen the growth. I've seen the monetization. I've been on both sides. I now have an agency that works with both sides as well. I can tell you both sides of the coin here. (laughs) I love it. And what do you credit the majority of that growth to? Oh, reels. You know my answer. Reels, reels, reels. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about that first because if you guys don't follow her, which we'll have all of her links in the show notes, she's always teaching transitions and all the cool editing and stuff like that, which I always watch, but then never do. So don't be like <laughs> Jessica, consume and then execute. But <laughs> how did you get started? Did you struggle in the beginning? Was it always easy for you to just get get out there and create reels? Or are you a normal human that struggled with it in the beginning? I feel like if I don't say I'm a normal human, (laughs) (laughs) no, I remember the first transition reel I made. I sat in my kitchen for like four hours making this stupid 12 second video. And my husband walked in at the end of his day. It was like 5 PM. My lighting was disappearing. Like it was bad. I was annoyed. I was sweating. And he was like, are you good? Are you okay? And I was like, no, I hate this. So I've been there. I've done that. The editing and transitions is really just the extra spice in your reels. It's not necessary, but putting your face out there is the part that I really have to recommend. I was a competitive cheerleader. I've been on a stage my whole life. So that part I can't say is the hard part for me but that's what I can be your cheerleader to do. Get your face on that freaking reel. Oh my God. So, so important, but it makes the rest of us feel a little bit better that maybe you struggled with it too. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. And you know, when we had our pre-chat, one of the things that we really talked about when it came to using reels in your business and all that was really like the mindset behind it and how important that is to just kind of get out of your own way. So like what kind of tips and tricks do you have for us there? I mean, at the end of the day, your views, your likes, your saves, your shares, your follows do not tell me anything about your worth. They don't matter. They're all your vanity metrics. Is your business growing? 
that's so much more important. Are you having fun doing this or are you driving yourself into the ground? Do you have a work-life balance or are you creating too many reels so that you can't have a work-life balance? There are so many things that are more important. So if you can just put yourself out there for your seven second video and that's that, don't put too much emphasis on what others are going to think or what others are going to say, then you're golden. I mean, let's be real. All of us have such a love-hate relationship with reels, but the ability to reach predominantly outside of your own audience is such a wild opportunity for business owners. Such a wild opportunity. What else is going to do that for us? And if you can do that for free, that's such an amazing opportunity. Yeah. In the beginning I think it was a little bit scarier because everyone was either dancing or just like pointing to music. And now you're seeing a lot more different styles sort of emerge and people are kind of finding their way and what works for them. And it's really just now it's a short form video. So you can kind of release those preconceived notions of what a reel has to be. Right. It's lip syncing, easy. It's giving the process behind the scenes of your business. We're nosy. I'm nosy. I want to know what's <laughs> happening behind the scenes of your business. I mean, I could give you the hacks. I could tell you, hook your audience within three seconds, use trending audio, blah, blah, blah. I could tell you value until the cows come home. But the biggest thing, biggest thing is product-based business or anyone for that matter, any business is just giving context in your reels. We know this is going to someone that doesn't know us yet. So how can you provide that context of who you are and what makes your business special to someone new, to a newbie that has no idea what you do? So many small businesses have blown up on TikTok and on Instagram by playing heavily into the fact that they are small business. How many TikToks have you seen that are like, help me blow up my small business from a (laughs) 15-year-old? Like, come on, if they can do that, we can do that. Yes. And you know, what is such a good point too. Like this is your way to reach new people. And every time you are reaching new people, which means you do not have to reinvent the real (laughs) terrible pun every time. If you watch people and the content they put out, it's like the same thing, just new music, a little bit of a new look, literally the same thing. (laughs) Yes. You have to repeat yourself. You hear me talk about that all the time. Repeat, 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 because nobody's paying attention to you as closely as you are. It's okay. Like as long as it's entertaining or whatever. Oh my God. That. No one's paying more attention to your content than you. Yes. Like just go watch the people that are doing reels regularly. If you really pay attention, just scroll through their actual reels feed. It's the same thing over and over just with a little twist. Right. If you're not tired of your message, if you're not tired of your content, you're not doing it right. (laughs) And I struggle with that too. As someone that values novelty above most things, I'm like, I want to be unique. Um, (laughs) Putting out the same content is hard for me. I struggle with that big time, but it really is. Do it again and again and again and again. Yeah, 100%. Before we move on, is there anything else specific to Reels that you want to mention before we start talking about working with creators? I really think context and hooking someone within the first three seconds, 
those are your biggest takeaways from reels. Go into the reels tab, scroll, find some kind of audio that resonates with you. You can relate to your business and give context. We need to make it that simple. If you're spending more than like, I don't know, 30 minutes on this little video, that's too much. Think about the other things that have the lifespan of a reel, of a post in general. Your reel has a lifespan of what? Three weeks, a month. What else has a lifespan of a month? (laughs) Not many things. I pushed myself into a corner, but regardless, how long are you going to spend on a decision to buy something that will last you a month? A box of cereal. How long are you going to spend choosing which cereal box you are going to get for the month? Not long. So you shouldn't be spending that long on your singular reel. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for that reminder. Cause I'm a re-recorder and it's okay to do it sometimes if you like totally flub it up. But like you said, don't spend all day on one seven second video. And I think it's Brock Johnson who not that like, it should be total shit quality, but like quantity actually like go for B plus. Not everything has to be an A, just go for B plus. I mean, as a business owner too, Brock's job is content creation. So (laughs) as a business owner, what is going to fit into your work-life balance? What is going to fit into your schedule? Is that three reels? If that's just three reels, that's great. Do it consistently, do it every single week. And that will bring in the traction that you need. We don't need thousands and thousands of new followers. We don't need to put the effort into never talking to our family again, because we're only creating reels. Right. Yes. And definitely just progress over perfection friends. Mm -hmm. So important. And you guys know when I talk about things like that, it's because I need to hear it too. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. Okay. Let's talk about the actual working with influencers and creators. And I know now you work a lot with people who also want to grow on Instagram, but you really started out with partnerships and things like that. So In our pre-chat, one of the things when we were talking that you mentioned was, well, the first question is, are you looking for an influencer or a content creator? So I think before we dive into that, if you could just define those. (laughs) Okay. So I want you to think about your OG influencers, the girls that post really pretty pictures. They are essentially models, F-list celebrities, status, that kind of thing. They probably actually grew on another platform, like maybe YouTube. So we got to know them on YouTube. Then once they got to Instagram, they could hold some kind of product by their face and sell so many. They were essentially a celebrity where we were all bought into their life and times. Now that's not the case. The number of influencers you have that are just so amazing and immaculate at bringing in that type of influence and have the engagement to boot is so few and far between the people that are actually like salespeople, few and far between. But you know what? So many people can be a creator. So many people can put out content that brings in the views. So are you looking for that awareness where you get that massive view spike? Or are you looking for direct buys? And I've got to tell you, a lot of the time, those influencers don't have the following. 
They don't have a massive following. The people with the most connected audiences that I've seen have like 5,000 followers. They have outrageous out of this world story views and they can sell things like hotcakes, but they're not the people you'd expect on Instagram. So what are you looking for in this case? Are you looking for that salesperson or are you looking for the content creator? Because honestly, I've got to tell you, you can't have both. Got it. Okay. And for you guys, you know, when you are thinking about that and, you know, we'll probably dive into this a little bit, but I know we all want to see a direct ROI. Like that's why I love to teach email. Cause I can say, Hey, go send an email and you're going to see money right away. And you're like, sweet. It works. Awesome. It's a little bit different when I teach SEO because that takes like six months to work and you're like, sweet, I put in all this work and I don't see shit from it. Yes, we can expect an ROI from influencer marketing. That sounds bizarre. You can't. Finding a direct ROI is really hard because I don't know if you've heard this, but I've heard this from friends that they go out of their way to not use an influencer's link because they don't want them to see it. It's not that they don't want to support, but there's weird things around influencing. Yeah. Well, funny enough, I never thought about it, but I think I actually do that sometimes. Like instead of clicking a link, I'll just go and type in the company in my browser. Yep. Or you might leave Instagram to buy because who buys in Instagram? So can Instagram track that, that you then went to your browser or pushed it to Safari? Like there's so many things, but then also we know as marketers that sales come between the 8th to 12th unique exposure 80% of the time. So your one-off influencer promotion is not what's going to make sales. It'll bring awareness. It might bring some follows, but we're really only going to get deeper into that sales funnel if you have a long-term partnership where we're talking about it frequently and constantly. That singular advertisement is not a whole magic wave of your wand magic treasure. Right. It's just like any other marketing or advertising you do. Like previous company, we used to do a lot of print ads and billboards and radio. Like we didn't do one print ad. We did a print ad all year, every single week, or we had a billboard up for three months because it takes time to actually see conversions off of that. And I got to tell you, it was even harder to track conversions from that than it is <laughs> right from the internet. Right. What do you do with your billboard? How do you track ROI? The only thing you can do is say, Hey, has my traffic gone up since I put this billboard up? That's literally all you have. Right. And then I'm sure you have a couple other things happening at the same time. Hard to track. Exactly. But you do it for that awareness and what you're really looking for instead of that, like, okay, this click led to this conversion. You have to zoom out and you have to look at your business as a whole. Did I get more awareness on my social channels? Did I get follows? Are my sales up? Is my traffic up? Oh, okay. Good chance that that is happening from this partnership. So just a few things to kind of keep in mind. Right. And look, we all need that content. We know that TikTok content recommendations are massive. Three videos a day, wild. We know that Instagram content recommendations are pushing that like a reel a day at this point. Even if you do the two to three videos per week, that's a lot of content. And you know who's really good at creating content? Your content creators. (laughs) How can you outsource that instead of treating it like, this is my one time 
sales marketing push for the month, maybe this is a person that you put on retainer instead. Maybe this is the person that you have create your reels so that you can put in your ads so that you can have that content on your page. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love all of this. You know, you guys, when I talk to you about this stuff is I'd rather see you go deep with fewer people to create a real relationship with them. Because here's the thing, the average consumer needs to see things multiple times. It's the same thing for that creator's audience. They need to hear the creator talk about it multiple times too. So creating that deeper relationship with fewer people is going to take you so much further. And another way, I like the way that you're phrasing this of think about it as outsourcing that content to them. And I know I've said this to you guys before, like you wouldn't hire someone to create content in-house and like not pay them a fair salary to do that. Right. You're not going to set up a whole photo shoot and not pay them. So it's the same thing when you are working with creators and influencers, which we're definitely going to talk about budget. Yes. Regardless, it comes down to hunting for the right people. You're not going to hand off something within your business and not consider the details of it. You're not going to go in with nothing on the plate for what you want from them. So go in with the mood board, go in with the objectives. Tell me what exactly you want so that I can make that happen for you. Just like you would anyone on your team, you have to set them up for success, but you do need to leave a little bit of room for their own creativity. And remember that the creator knows their audience best. So let them interpret your vision for their audience as well. Is there anything else that we should be thinking about, you know, like what to expect when working with creators, right? We just talked about obviously really partnering with them, going deep, setting them up for success. Anything else we need to be thinking about? Yeah. I think that mood board, that deck of what you really want is the most important piece when you're working with a creator. So consider what you want from the content. Are you looking for a specific type of model? If you're looking for someone with pink hair or someone with amazing editing skills, know that, make it happen, get a mood board going, figure out what you're looking for. Are you going to use this on ads? Are you going to use that on just your feed? Where is this all going to go so that we can give you the best possible product so that we can give you the best experience here? I think the worst experiences I've had with influencer marketing is where both sides are unclear about what's happening. And there's so little detail because you don't give that creative direction that I'm left floundering for ideas. So yes, I want some creative direction. Yes, I know my audience best, but that's a conversation. So once you've found your creators, don't want to call with them. See what happens. See if you can chat through. If they don't have questions, then they probably aren't understanding you fully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good point. (laughs) You're not asking questions. (laughs) We're just going to go with it. Yeah. Think about too, if you're hiring, not that you're like hiring an employee, but if you are hiring an employee and you have this interview with them and they ask you no questions, you're like, that's kind of a red flag, red flag. Yeah that there's something amiss there. So the same is true. And just remember that just like everything else, this is a partnership. Yes. And you should treat it that way. It's a partnership. It's a collaboration between you and the creator to create something amazing. And it's 
there's no silver bullets here. It takes work to do this really well. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of prefer people to reach out to you when they do want to work with you? I definitely prefer an email interaction. If you're talking to an influencer, my inbox is slammed daily. There are some days where I get 300 story replies. And that story reply is probably about something silly that I put on my story, my pancakes, my cat, my something that's unrelated to my business. So to expect me to sift through all of that and treat this like a business opportunity, yes, I'm getting back to my people, but there's a lot of volume that I can't sort. So go to my email, know a little bit about me, follow me, know what I specialize in. We need to make sure that you know who I am before you reach out because you not knowing about me at all tells me that you didn't do your homework in determining if I'm a good fit for you even. Did you just look at my content and assume like, I want to know that you did that due diligence? Yeah. So important. That happens to me with people who pitch to be on the podcast And in my form, like it straight up says like, look, if you're focused on building marketplace businesses, like that's not who I talk to. And then I have like these Amazon gurus who want to come on here. And I'm like, have you listened to my podcast? Have you looked at one caption? Have you anything? So we know like when we're being pitched, we know if you've done your homework or not. (laughs) And like, we just don't have time. Right. And that goes both ways. That goes both ways. If someone slides into your DMs or your email inbox and they don't know anything about your product, they don't know about your mission, they don't know about what you sell, they've never tried your product, it doesn't look good. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't feel good. Like everyone has gotten those hey girl messages on Instagram that are like completely irrelevant to you and what you do. And it sucks. So don't be the hey girl person. Don't be that girl. Yeah. (laughs) The other silliness that I've gotten from brands is refusing to be pushed to email. I've had a couple brands say, we like DM better, but I guess I'm like, okay, I don't want to work with you then. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I have too many people in my inbox talking about silly things. Like this is a business interaction. Go to my email. Yeah. It's like, hello, I'm actually doing that for your benefit as well so that I can keep in contact with you. Yep. Before we talk about budgety stuff, anything else that brands do that irritate you? (laughs) I love to share the real and raw here. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. So back to your point of knowing my audience. This is one thing that really pushes my buttons, giving me really salesy points to put into content that I know will not sell in the slightest with my audience. That's tough. And I love when brands tell me what they want. I want everyone to be happy, but when you expect me to be really salesy or guide the conversation in a really salesy way, I can tell you right now that my views will tank. It has to be that lifestyle content. It has to be your drinking the bottle instead of holding it in front of your face. There's a big difference in that type of content or slipping the product somehow into something relatable or funny with those trending audios natural incorporation. Right. Super important. Remember it's a partnership. 
Remember that the creator you're working with, this is their job. This is what they do. So if they're recommending something to you, it's because they've tested it and they know that it works. Mm-hmm. And then budget's a whole other pain point, a whole other can of worms. (laughs) We don't have to get into like every nitty gritty detail, but I know a lot of people, they have no concept of what it costs. So is there any like general guidelines you can give us of just what to expect, what's reasonable, what to budget for? And this is what drew me to you in the first place. And one of the first comments I ever made is, I'm always trying to remind people that creators are worth something, that this is their job. You need to expect to pay them. This is not like five years ago when it was like, let me just send you a free t-shirt and post about me 12 times. Like, no, that's not how this works anymore. So I'm always trying to instill that in people, but I think there's just a gap in knowledge of what this really should look like. Yeah. So it depends on a lot of different things. And I want you to consider the hours it's going to take to do any project, just like a photographer. If I'm going to travel X amount of time to get to the beach, to shoot certain content, then it is going to cost more. But generally I can say between one to 5% of your follower count or the creator's follower count is a general price range for posting promotional content. And that 1% range is very likely stories and your 5% range is very likely your reels. So content will fall in between there. Where it falls on the spectrum is going to depend on time spent as well as your creator's engagement rate, the views they're getting, what's typical for them. Because if they're making reels that are popping off every day that are going viral, then we're going to expect to pay maybe even more than that 5%. Yeah. So important. And I want you guys to think of it in terms of how you would purchase any sort of other advertising, like for instance, billboards in LA minimum $5,000 a month. Wow. 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 Simply because of how many eyeballs are going to be on that billboard in a day. And the only thing they use is traffic. How many cars are passing the billboard? That is how they price it. It's the same thing with radio. How many plays are you going to get? That is how they charge you. That is how everything is charged. So this shouldn't be a shock at all. So, I mean, let's lay out those numbers is, I mean, 30K followers, let's really think that's $1,500 to post a reel. Yeah. And that shouldn't be a shock. And I want you to also remember, here's the thing. If you have the in-house skill set to create content, then maybe you don't need a content creator. Maybe you just need to put some money behind that and boost those posts. But if you don't have the skill set, that's part of what you're paying for. In addition to the people that you're reaching, like this is a freaking skill that these creators spend a lot of time perfecting. Yes. And I know you recently were posting images from like when you first started this and like your poses and stuff, like how you posed before and how you pose now. She's working on this always, always. Awkward. It's so awkward. (laughs) It's really so funny. (laughs) But like, that's the thing is just the way you as a CEO, like 
you are always learning and growing, like so are the creators. And so they deserve to be compensated for that. Right. And with that content too, a lot of the extra, the pluses that come with it, there's plenty of ways to leverage that content to make it more valuable for you too. Again, think about your goal. Is it awareness? Is it just conversions? Is it to have content? If it's to have content, your creator really should allow you to post on your feed with that piece of content. That is what a partnership is. You will give me that piece of content to have organic reach on my feed as well. And that's a very easy throw in. Whether you have the rights to advertise that post, that's a different story. And that does cost more. That usage or whitelisting does cost monthly way more, just like your billboard example. But go in with those goals in mind. Go in with what you need in mind. Yeah. And that was going to be the next thing I was going to bring up was if you do use it for ads. And I want you guys to think about too, and just coming from this space and being in corporate, like there's so much legalese, right? Which is why I know all of this stuff. But I think the average person doesn't know this is when you hire a photographer, you don't own the rights to those images. The copyright stays with the photographer unless they hand it over to you and they are the ones that govern your use with those photos. So this is the same thing. Like just because you paid the creator to create the content doesn't mean you own the content. No, 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 no. (laughs) Can't go in a funny arsenal. Yeah. So these are the things you want to make sure that you get really clear on what your expectation with the content is. Make sure that you're having those conversations, make sure it's in an agreement. Yeah. Contract it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that there are no surprises. And I always say like the thing that causes struggle, and this is between people in relationships, people that are working with each other, business to consumer is unmet expectations because you didn't talk about it. Right. Those questions back to the questions, ask your questions. You need to talk about it. You need to be on the same page. Usage is expensive too, because what it really does is it says that I have partnered with your brand. I will not partner with any other brand because you know what? My likeness is valuable and my recommendation and my reputation and what I'm recommending has my no like, and trust behind it. So if I'm promoting to protein powders at the same time, that doesn't make sense. So your usage costs are also going into the exclusivity of, I can't promote something else. And of course that'll depend on the category. Like if it's a, I don't know, a dress, I can wear a billion dresses in my life. No one cares. But if it's a skincare item, if it's a supplement, if it's those things that you have one of, and it's your ride or die that's exclusive. That is going to cost more. And you really should determine, do you have that requirement of your creator to not post about their competition? Yeah. See all these important things. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing. We just needed to be schooled on this because nobody else is teaching it. And like, there's no book on this. It's still so new in the scheme of things And, you know, I think brands are just kind of figuring it out as they go. And so I just really appreciate you just telling us, tell us what you guys are looking for. (laughs) Right. We can talk about it. It's the shock that we're even charging or the getting offended that we're even charging that builds that wall between us. But there really should be solidarity between the industry. You know, I mean, small business and creators are cut from the same cloth. We're the same. 
So we want to work together. I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I am happy to discount my prices for a small business that I support with my whole heart instead of, you know, a huge brand. I'm not going to name any, but if a huge brand comes to me and says, I don't have a budget, what do you mean? You multi-billion dollar company, you don't have a budget. In what world do you not have a budget? I could look up your public company and tell you that you have a budget. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I feel like the big guys are usually the worst because they kind of feel like the creator needs them more than they need the creator. Which is just not true. Right. Exactly. Maybe a few years ago, that was true when this was all really new, but creators have really solidified themselves as an important part of this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ecosystem. (laughs) That is the word. Thank you, girl. It's a business and we have to catch up. Like the rest of us need to catch up to that now. I mean, we all need to catch up. It's such a struggle. And this is really why I ended up in this because you have this industry full of young girls young, young girls who don't know any better. If a brand comes to a 16 year old and says, do you want free clothes in exchange for promotion? Yeah, of course at 16, I would want free clothes, but that's a problem for the industry. They don't have the business savvy to say, contract this up. I want to get paid thousands of dollars to post. And that's that. Yeah. And you know what? I think that You as the CEO, not you, Harley, you listeners as the CEO, especially if you are female or. Hey, I'm also a CEO. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But my next message is for the listeners specifically, think about where you were at when you started your business, especially if you are any sort of minority, female, skin color, sexual orientation, people are just looking to take advantage of you, not help you, not support you. And that felt like shit. Yep. So just don't do that to other people. Right. I love this message of if you were a man, this would be called an entrepreneurial effort, but because you're a female, it's called influencing. It's called just taking pretty pictures and creating content. Like, this is a whole business you're building here. Creators. Yeah. I love that. And look, guys, I say this to you with love. I just want to help shift your mindset around working with creators. Cause I will tell you something, they are going nowhere. Platforms like Instagram are really investing in them and the tools that they're giving them. So this is going to be part of the marketing ecosystem for the foreseeable future. The creator economy is planned to hit, I believe, 30 billion by 2030. Wild, huge amount of money. LinkedIn just invested, I believe it was 25 million into a creator initiative as well. Instagram's investing a huge amount into creators as well this year. It's not going anywhere. It might be changing. It might be evolving. This industry might be getting older, maturing. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. So it's important that we just kind of get on board myself included. (laughs) All right, girls. So before we wrap up, I love to keep it really, really real with my audience. So I always ask everyone if they could share kind of a biggest failure that they've had with a strategy that they've tried in their own business or for a client or whoever, 
just so we can feel a little less alone. (laughs) You know what? I'd say this wasn't even an Instagram move. As I started my business and started to develop my offerings, my offer suite, I received feedback from quite a few peers also in the industry, in the coaching space about my services and what I should do and their recommendations. And I ran with each attempt kind of in an attempt to mimic their financial success. And I really lost sight of my brand and my mission for a bit. My engagement plummeted. I stopped growing and I really wasn't making the sales that I should have been with my following because what I was doing wasn't authentic to me. It didn't feel right. It didn't look right. I was in a weird headspace about how selling felt and it just wasn't right. So it took me months to kind of get out of that rut and realign and not to compare myself to like a cult classic, but (laughs) Glossier actually had a situation with this recently. They hit a similar wall and they had to lay off a huge amount of people from their tech team, I believe. And it was really all because they made this spinoff line of makeup that didn't feel like them, wasn't aligned with their brand messaging and their mission and everything. And it didn't feel right to people. And I feel like that's such a key factor in your success as a business is just keeping strong with your mission, knowing your mission, knowing what's on brand and holding tight. Yeah. And, you know, look, I have to take my own advice too. I tell you guys that all the time, but we just need to keep our eyes on our own paper. Mm Mm-hmm. Your goal is to be better than you were yesterday. And when you do feel yourself getting a little bit lost because we're fucking human, like it's going to happen. Just really go back to why you started this in the beginning. What do you stand for? Like anytime I'm kind of questioning myself, I'm like, what is the goal of e-commerce? But is to put more money in the pockets of female entrepreneurs. Is this thing that I'm doing serving that goal? If it is awesome. And if it's not, it can go away. Right. And bringing it all back to where we started this conversation, if it's not fun, if it doesn't feel like you, if you have this ick factor about creating, do it another way. There's so many ways to create on Instagram, on social media in general, in your business in general. Yeah. So much opportunity to just do it your own damn way. And you'll stand out that novelty, that personality, people will feel it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. On a more positive note, What about a biggest success? This one's harder for me because I think I'm most proud of just faking it till I make it, jumping in with both feet and making it happen. If your first attempt isn't cringy, then you didn't start early enough. (laughs) So I feel like I've tried so many different things. I feel like I try not to look back, to be honest, and just move forward. And I'm really proud of where that has taken me. Again, I started in business. I was a science major, moved into business operations, jumped into social media, wanting to talk about peripheral things and hobbies and really built the business that I had wanted while I was in my corporate life from Instagram. So wrap up message is really, you have this opportunity to build what you want from social media. Everyone has this opportunity to grow. Everyone has this opportunity to make sales and position yourself correctly in this business world. That overhead, it's not the same as it used to be. So why not jump in? 
Oh my gosh. I love it. I feel like that is the actionable takeaway too, guys. So if you tuned out, just rewind and re-listen to that, please. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So please tell us one, where they can find you. I know you have some amazing courses out right now to help with reels. Please just tell us all the things. And of course I'll have everything linked in the show notes too. Yes, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Harley Jordan with two Y's and two N's H A R L E Y Y J O R D O N N. And I put out all the content about leveling up your content about working with creators and booking brand partnerships. I mostly chat on the brand partnership side for creators, but As you've heard, you can use that lingo to kind of switch your perspective and see how you can join in on this world with some solidarity in mind. If you are looking for more assistance in that area, I am happy to help one-on-one. I have a schedule of one-on-one one-off meetings. If you're looking for some one-on-one attention about building out influencer marketing campaigns, we can chat through the specifics and what you need to do to move forward. But I also have a new shop launch of mini courses coming out the 15th. So if you are feeling stuck on how to track your analytics, rule those analytics and make some change to see growth, my analytics one-on-one course is amazing and affordable and a quick look at how you can better analyze your Instagram success as well as an editing and transitions workshop. If you're looking to level up your content itself and create some more eye-catching content. Ah, amazing. I think I'm going to need that because I literally don't do transitions. I just did one the other day for the first time. And it was like the simplest one of just like putting my hand on the camera and I felt dumb doing it, but you know what? (laughs) You're probably going to feel dumb too. That's okay. Keep going. I just made sure my husband wasn't around because I feel more dumb in front of him. As long as he's not watching to make fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Thank you again so much, Harley, for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you to our listeners. I know you could be anywhere on the internet right now. Thanks for hanging out with us and I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.